0: We are six women. We are wordsmiths.
1: We are magic. We are curious. We are contradictions. We are
0: wanderers.
2: We are people
1: of many names.
2: We are mind trekkers and story weavers.
1: We are adventurous spirits. We continue
2: to grow. We've been baptized in the font of dream and memory. We are
3: partly truth and partly fiction. I am Gail. I am Joanne. I am Margie. I am Katie. I am Marion.
0: I am Mary. We are the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers. Hello, I'm the Mystic Queen, and I'll be narrating our podcast today. And we're going to start off with who's here, which is. I'm Margie. I'm Joanne. Mary's here. And the other two mystics escaped. They thought we were carrying the plague, but we're not.
2: No, we are the safe mystics.
0: (laughs) Without two mystics, there are four of us. And we're starting off with the week that was mystic with Margie.
1: Oh, okay. Well, the week that was mystic for me is that I'm keeping my daughter's dog. That is pretty mystic. Taffy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a delightful dog. My daughter and her boyfriend have gone to see one of her brothers up in Ohio. So we are um, uh, keeping Taffy and having a great time.
0: So I'm guessing Taffy can do things like become invisible when he wants to? Uh, she's a
1: she. Oh. And a Taffy is a, a girl. A, I so guess she's a, a mystic dog. She is a mystic dog. You take her out and you can say go potty my daughter's terms and she immediately pees oh well i'm (laughs) sorry i
0: asked i'll stop at that how (laughs) mystical is that it's very mystical i hope you don't say go mate (laughs) no she's not
1: interested in mating
0: okay (laughs) good dog taffy (laughs) good
1: dog taffy why is her name taffy my daughter just named her that i guess she was craving some taffy
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you for that week that was Mystic Margia. <laughs> and now we're moving swiftly to the Mystic Opus Corner. Mary, what was your opus?
3: Well, my opus has a small story behind it, and that was that recently I was cutting fruit. And every time I was cutting fruit, I was so transported mystically to my childhood, just a whole other time and place of running errands with my mom and having these really intense memories of what is the best apple? And are the red plums and the black plums equally good? And so I called my mother and I said, mama, I can't even cut this fruit because I can't get out of my head. And she said, you're having some Proust experiences. (laughs) And so I bought myself the big collected works of Proust from the modern library for Christmas. And I'm happy. How much did that cost? Santa brought it. We're not talking about that. That's oh. crass. Uh,
0: excuse me. <laughs> it's okay. Santa. I thought Taffy was a little bit crass, but I guess the queen. Taffy claim.
2: peeing? <laughs> but I guess the queen. everybody got to pee.
3: Well, anyway, so Santa Mary brought me the collected works of Proust, and I'm a little over halfway through the first book, Swan's Way, and I love it. It really, he, the character, who I guess is also Marcel, Wanders and wanders and wanders and my brain just wanders right along.
2: There is another book that I'll give you when you finish reading Proust. It's called A Year of Reading Proust. <laughs> it's well, speaking of,
3: that. I, to make myself nerdy <laughs> to make myself
0: committed,
3: <laughs> make myself committed <laughs> I decided I would tweet that I was reading about Proust. And so you guys can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Enchante Marcel. <laughs> and I've tweeted a couple of...
0: Um, That's embarrassing. Oh,
3: <laughs> hush. Oh, <laughs> one, I enchanté. think it's, a, it's... Well, you know, it's nice to meet you, Marcel. It's perfect.
0: That's yes, right. So now That's I'm so going to read
3: you a couple of my <laughs> tweets. They're not tweet-tweet. They're not funny like the Duchess Goldblatt. They're just quotes. But this one made me laugh out loud when he was talking about his old aunt. And... About his aunt, he says, Unfortunately, having formed the habit of thinking aloud, she did not always take care to see that there was no one in her adjoining room. And I would often hear her saying to herself, I must not forget that I never sleep a wink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so it's really quite charming. (laughs) Was it Proust that said, upon entering uh, his own country again, all that I have to declare is my extreme intelligence.
2: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think
3: and he was not. Mom. I don't
2: think he was so I don't think he was so full of himself as that. <laughs>
3: he seems a little mad. And then here's one more quote and I'll just pass it on, but you know, if you guys want to hear more fun quotes, whenever I happen to have my phone in my hand, I'll tweet one out sometimes. Here he says, first of all he described seeing something in great detail and then he wrote about it and then he reads what he wrote about seeing the thing in great detail it was quite something and he says I was so filled with happiness that as though I myself were a hen that had just laid an egg I began to sing at the top of my voice
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, see, he's not full of
3: himself <laughs> I had not expected to giggle and laugh um and i I'm really enjoying it and so swan's way I'm telling you guys swan is a cad so my mystic Opus for the year is going to be Proust. Oh my goodness.
0: That's going to take me a long time to get through with it. Also in the opus corner today is Mystic Joanne.
2: Oh, well, my Mystic opus has been coming in little bits and pieces, unlike Proust, which is a grand work. And we have the Mystics have a mutual friend, Terry Lay. And he sends out poems. And recently he has been sending out some that just have spoken to me. My Father's Fig Tree by Naomi Shihab Nye. And the reason it speaks to me is we have a fig tree in our garden that Jimmy's... It's the progeny of about, oh, five different cuttings from the same fig tree. And so... And Jimmy just loves figs. And so My Father's Fig Tree reminded me of that. And then one... Is called Winter Tonight at Sunset. And it is very, it's talking about coming upon a beautiful sunset in your old age and how wonderful it is to be alive. Reminds me of that line from um, the Tom Hanks movie, well, no, I
0: can't think of the movie, but... Life he, is like a box of chocolates? No, <laughs>
2: that's not the Tom Hanks movie. This is where he decided that he had a brain cloud and he was going to go throw himself... Joe versus the volcano is what it is. Oh. And as he's floating on his luggage after the ship has gone down, he sees this huge moon rise up over the ocean, and he just says, thank you for my life.
0: No, It is. It's wonderful. He but got, anyway... Um, uh, he was... Um, Cast away on an island by himself with a soccer ball, too.
2: Yes, he was. Tell what was the name of
0: that soccer ball? Wilson. Wilson, of course. I think
2: it was a basketball. And the last poem, he, there's a <laughs> series. Ball. He was a basketball. <laughs> and the last bits of poetry is, do you guys know Charles Gina known as Father Goose?
3: Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, I yeah. didn't know how to say his last name. Yeah. He's and my he Facebook a friend. a poet,
2: usually for children. But he has written these wonderful poems to his favorite poets, like Frost. He uses the same tone and the same wording, almost, as the poet themselves. And they're oh, fun. quite well done, quite well done. So He's those really
3: are, fun. He, I'll, I'll link him up on our Facebook. But um, he's very prolific. Uh, He writes a lot. He's published in those cricket magazines like almost every month. Yes. And his poems are lovely and simple and straightforward. And if you
2: have ever read his love poems to his wife, make you want to go home and slap your husband. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, before we leave the Opus Corner with Joanne, Joanne, tell us about Terry Lay. Terry Lay is—he's a teacher above all. Terry and where does is, he teach? He
2: teaches at Ali now, but he has taught years and years. Is in, that a university? Ali University. It is. Ali is part of a lot many universities, actually, but it is part of Auburn University where I attend. And he teaches a course called Writing Our Lives, which encourages people to write our lives, to write memoir. And he's just, he and Kathy Burkall are just wonderful. That must be the
0: most popular class. It is. All right. Well, but wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Terry. I am also standing in the Opus Corner, and I have selected this book before for the Opus Corner, and that is Becoming Duchess Goldblatt. In fact, I went to Washington to have my picture taken in front of her portrait. The reason I'm mentioning her again was she was the month selection for one of my book clubs. So I actually read the book again uh, last week before book club. And the first time I read Becoming Duchess Goblat, I was just so taken with the story, the narrative, the arc. Uh, it's a sweet, sweet story about a friendship. And I was also so blown away by what I call her goblat her little sayings that, the, that are the length of Twitter, and the sayings are all of goodwill and inspiration. One thing that I admire the most, and I've probably said this a million times, is writers who have a gift for the turn of the phrase. She does, certainly, in her writing. Also, she pairs unexpected words together. In juxtaposition, and it's such a creative act. And at our book club, we had one non-believer that hated the book. What? And she said, "I don't understand why the Duchess is doing this." So I turned to our artist Margie and I said, "Margie, why are you doing <laughs> your art?" And Margie goes, "Because I have to." Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so exactly. well,
3: did she read the book? She, she only quit. read a part she, of it. It I mean, talks about why she does and it. And she in wanted the book. to have
0: this discussion with our group about the book and how she didn't think it was worth reading. And everybody else was just—we all loved it. Loved it. We were calling Duchess
2: Your Grace. I will have to say that I think it's the one book that every one of the mystics has read recently. Yeah, we probably have read. Yeah, other Joanne books. gave
1: it to me, and Marion had given it to Joanne.
0: <laughs> well, if, if you knew the Queen Mystic out there. You would know that the Queen Mystic does not keep books or anything else in her house. If something comes into her house, she gives it away because she doesn't like clutter. She likes art, but it can't be cluttery art. The Mystic, Katie, brought me Becoming Duchess Goldblatt, and I refused to give it back to her.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You or somebody lent it to me, but I gave it back.
0: Yeah, well, no, I'm not giving it back. And I wish I had two copies so I could underline one copy, because I'm keeping this one pristine for when the Duchess gets in touch with me, she can sign my Ah. book. But anyway, I'd like to read a few of these. I don't know anything about Twitter, but I know you can only have so many words on Twitter. So this is some of hers. Writers can be a lot of fun at parties, but word to the wise, keep an eye on your good memories. They'll strip them down for parts. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. When I edit, I remove the words that don't want to be there. Hand wash them in warm water and lay them flat to dry. I might use them later. I think that is that brilliant. That is precious, yeah. Because yes. I do that. I'll reread everything start taking everything out that's junk in the writing. Um, do
3: you hand wash it and lay it out to I, dry, though? Absolutely. Yeah. Because
0: I'm going to use it again.
3: Yeah, some people keep whole folders of things they have removed from parts Really? Yeah. Which, and they have, that was a really interesting Twitter thread. What do you call your folder of your things you edited out? Now, I keep so a, a folder bank. of
0: things I'm going to write about or yeah. something that happens that I'm going to write about. I do keep that folder. It's called what the queen is going to write about. Oh, that's that's very um, straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) When
2: we go through your things; we will remember not to throw that out. Yeah.
0: uh, Listen, I am absolutely sure y'all are going to outlive me. So anyway, and you already have most of my possessions, so I'm not worried at all. (laughs) It's true. Okay, let's hear another
3: tweeticism. That's what they're called.
0: A tweet. What's that beautiful Japanese word that means both regretting your lost youth and beauty and? too hungover to make coffee uh i think she's great she is amazing
3: while gail's looking for her two more i I will say that she has responded to um some of our tweets from the mystic order when we mention her by name and i follow her dutifully on twitter so i see her tweets every day she's very good
0: enlightenment is not a state friends it's an unincorporated U.S. territory about the size of Guam. I vac- vacation there some afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> and my top favorite, I've saved for last because it's so poignant and sweet. Crooked Path, by the way, is the town that the Duchess lives in, and it's above New York and below Canada in some place that is impossible by her directions. So you'll never find her if you go to Crooked Path because <laughs> there is no Crooked Path. But that's the name of her town. Tonight in Crooked Path, we'll all visit our dear ones' graves and lay wreaths made of apostrophes, the symbol of something missing. Oh, that is sweet. sweet. That is is nice. So I'm recommending for the second time, and and Duchess, if you're out there listening to our podcast, which I feel quite certain you are, we have recommended you to everyone standing on their feet. Amen. (laughs) Yes.
3: I'm sorry, can I go back really quick? Oh, yeah, sure. Because I, I left something off that was especially for Gail. Oh, okay. And this is Marcel describing the clutter of gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gail, when I read this, I laughed out loud. He's not amused. The house was gradually filled with a collection of foot warmers, cushions, clocks, screens, barometers, and vases, a constant repetition and boundless incongruity of useless but indestructible objects. <laughs>
2: and gail gives those items away at the
0: great american giveaway what they're talking about is before mystic meeting which happens on magic wednesday before they get there i've had an entire month that i've opened doors and said i'm I'm not using this anymore and when they get here there's lots of items (laughs) on the mystic table and I'm asking them to take them, and they used to be kind of shy. Oh, if you don't want it, and all. No, not anymore. It's like a frenzy. So um, <laughs> useless, stuff. but indestructible objects. So they have everything that I don't, <laughs> and some of the things I don't want are quite nice. They
2: are. They're they very are nice. Yeah. I will say though that Gail, you every year my resolution is to be the Gail <laughs> and to get rid of at least ten <laughs> items a month. However, I am not the gale, <laughs> and those items never seem to now, make it to the door. Now, when you get
0: 10 items, are you counting newspapers and trash mail? No, no. I'm trying
2: to, you know, glean down. As you have said before, I love my boys, but they don't want anything that I have. Yeah. You know, they may have a thing here or a thing there. I'm going to save them the trouble and the worry, and by the time I leave this lovely planet... Yeah. I hope that I will have an empty house. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: not
1: happening. <laughs> well, I, on the other hand, am leaving several houses to my children.
3: <laughs> oh, can I have the? Can I have your studio?
1: They well, have I enough. Have the studio. No, no, I want the studio. <laughs> well,
0: God can, bless your children is all I can say. I, I hope know. they have a good estate sale dealer.
1: I, I do too. You're retired, so. <laughs> okay, can I do my opus corn? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, well, mine also is becoming <laughs> Duchess Goldblatt, <called> <laughs> <laughs> but Gail's pretty much covered it i bet you have uh, quotes But, but um, I'm also still reading Cloud Cuckoo Land Which was interrupted by reading Becoming Duchess Goldblatt Because I had to read that for book group It's by Anthony D-O-E-R-R The, the same guy that wrote You know, All the Light We Cannot See And it is f- fabulous It's very dense It takes place in three times One in medieval Constantinople, one 2020 Idaho, and another aboard some space colony way in the future. Well, those are incongruous. And they're all interwoven. Don't tell us too much. Well, no, you get this at the very beginning. They're all interwoven by a Greek tale by... Diogenes. Am I smart enough to read that book? Well, yeah.
2: All the light you cannot see had some of that, in that you went from here to there, you know, across yeah. the country and then came yeah, back again.
1: Yeah. They're the all town. tied together, and you start to really care about all the characters he develops. I'll give you a final report
0: maybe oh. next week. I okay. mean, month. month. Next well, podcast. Um, I'd like to interject here that Queen Gail is the best organizer born if you would give me say detroit i could organize it
3: and We'd i've lot. tried to
0: organize the mystics and it hasn't happened in any way
3: <laughs> what do you mean we're so
0: well, organized. because i asked all the mystics uh to sign by what they were going to be talking about today and margie isn't in the opus corner but <laughs>
1: you know Gail, i think i was signed on the wrong line when you pass it around because when i thought you were gonna do the week that was mystic and then you told it was me and i went like god i gotta think of a mystic week (laughs) intertappy is
0: that that where that tapping came in
1: gail passed around the thing but i signed on the wrong one dog who
0: mystically pees (laughs) I want to point out that uh, Margie's husband has been declared well when we were afraid that, that things would not go that way, and we all think that's fabulous. But I guess Taffy gets a better mystic week <laughs> than husband Wayne.
1: Well, he doesn't like for me to share his health reports, but it is good news. He's a Southern. He's a Southern <laughs> okay. Boy. Well, like this folks, explains know everything. Fitness. I know. <laughs>
0: When you started off on the taffy bit, I was
1: worried. Wait, did, did I get to do an excellent stamp? No. Oh, well. <laughs> Let me do.
0: Gail, there's yes, only four of us. Yes, you signed up for it. Okay. Um, okay. But, oh, ahead, my goodness. Markie. Listen, <laughs> uh, listen I, audience, please send me presents like you do the Duchess, because I'm putting up with these people. For example, I'll send out an email that'll say, we're going to do this, that, and the other. Now, always, Margie says, I'll be there. So you get my stamp of excellence. Thank Yay, you. Margie. And then Mary goes, well, what about COVID? <laughs> Joanne doesn't answer. I don't know if she's coming or not. If it.
2: If it helps, if it makes you feel better, I just... It's not that I forgot that we were meeting and recording today. It's just that I didn't know what time it was. I don't mean of the recording. On yes, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> you, you don't have an Alexa?
2: We do not. Oh, gosh. And we have, like, clocks with faces on
0: them. Oh, well, you're going to do good on Why that. Why don't
3: you have one of these magic devices on your wrist
2: that has to but sometimes i can't watch. see it it's underneath, the, it's underneath okay
0: underneath so the we have, we have uh journeyed down crooked path we have <clears throat> and we have come to the mystic stamp of excellence and i want to call margie
1: God, please margie <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh la la okay um well keep enjoying watching the norseman if you haven't seen it on netflix it's hilarious it's a Satire on the Vikings, oh. and it's really good. But last night, my husband and I watched *The Lost Daughter*, directed by Maggie Hall and it stars Olivia Coleman, who was, you know, the queen. Well, okay, so we start watching this, and I go. Wayne, that is Maggie Gyllenhaal, who I'm mistaking for Olivia Coleman. He goes, that is not Maggie Gyllenhaal, and I said, yes, it is, because I'd heard something on NPR about Maggie Gyllenhaal. So she I just directed it. I, yeah, I just assumed she was starring in it. Uh-huh. And Wayne said, she doesn't look a thing. That is not her. And I said, let me get my Google. And so I googled it. and I said, oh yeah, it's Olivia Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> let me get my Google. <laughs> So, are you giving
0: it? What are you giving your staff of excellence
1: to? To this, the lost daughter. I think everybody should see it because I think it's very, very interesting. And anyway, just watch it and see what you think. What but is it's it like, on, Margie? It's on Netflix. I mean, the the thing is, she claims her quote that I think is relevant. She says, "I'm an unnatural mother." So it's about her relationship with her daughters and her past and her going to this Greek island. And it's it's pretty fascinating and her actual daughter Olivia Coleman's actual daughter is Dakota Johnson oh uh-huh and she plays a part in it so it's the first time they ever acted together is it a series or a movie it's a movie okay it's based on a book by some Italian writer but Maggie Gyllenhaal thought it was fascinating because it talks about the role of women as really, are, th- are we natural mothers? Mm,
0: we're all mothers. Well, I certainly wasn't.
1: Yeah. So this is, I think, it, I think it's something to think about. So anyway, I, was, I would say excellence. Just well, I watched look.
0: look Up last night. Oh,
1: I watched that too. Not it was, last night. That
0: was very good. Netflix, Look Up. I saw it too. Isn't it called Don't Look Up? Don't oh, Look yeah, Up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Don't Look Up. <laughs> Which side are you on, Gail?
1: <laughs> She's on the Look, look up, up side I'm
0: on, on the man. ones that don't have on those hats. Oh, and go to those rallies yeah
1: oh yeah i know that i
0: don't look good Mar- margie looks good in those hats but i don't she
1: wouldn't look good I if don't it was look don't look up hat. i don't wear anything red yeah you don't not usually i like blue She's oh, <laughs> a- margie wears black all the time you know, i do i wear black she does and which makes except fun. for my clothing line which I should give the stamp of excellence.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's, give the st- let's all give the stamp of excellence. I have given the stamp the ready, of stamp excellence. Ready, stamp, went, and I stamp. Would stamp.
1: Do you have a name of your clothing line? It's, uh, my website is com. But is it called like? Um, uh, I order, original of? Art Apparel. Okay. And okay. you can order it online at
0: www.margiebr.com. I own, I own two Margie coats and I own two Margie scarves and i'm not doing this just cuz she was a mystic i'm doing it because i look marvelous in margie's clothes men follow me everywhere
1: <laughs> i have exhausted my mystic audience but i mean for purchases because all the mystics have been very supportive but it's it's clothing based on my original artwork whether yeah. it's drawing collage watercolor and it's made into really cute little outfits by la galeriste in Quebec, Canada. yeah, Montreal, Shareback. Quebec, That's Montreal. That's just, if
0: you're listening to this podcast, we'll send you a sample. <laughs> yeah, oh. I should send her... Oh, I, I don't make roughs yet, but... Oh, yeah. she It I would look have, good with, with, you know, the... Um, Frida jacket would look great with the ruff. It would.
3: It would. One of my daughters got a Frida dress. Uh, that's what Santa brought all my girls this year with dresses.
0: Thank you, uh-huh. Mary. It was fun. Uh-huh. And, I bought and all Joanne's sisters. I bought sisters. scarves for <laughs> each of my sisters. And that has cost her her allowance because she's got, what, 50 sisters? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many sisters do you have? I have five sisters. And how many brothers? I have, I had
2: seven brothers actually total, but there are five still li- living. So, So.
0: And so when you all got together, there were 15 in the house.
2: They were, yeah, with my parents.
0: Yes. No, <laughs> no wonder you're a happy soul. You'd have to be to you live through that. You had to learn how to live with adversity. All right, Miss Mary, what's your stamp of excellence? <laughs> <laughs> my, my stamp of excellence this week is to myself. <laughs> Yes, Mary.
2: <laughs> no, she didn't. I know what you go about your story. Online? No, that's
3: not why. My oh, stamp of excellence better. goes to myself for three reasons. Number one, <laughs> I bought myself this beautiful leather journal. It is Ooh, lovely. It is I absolutely nice. love it. I have wanted a leather journal forever, and, and I a bought
2: Mar- it. It's a Margie journal too. It has
0: no lines in it. Gorgeous. So you can draw. Is it the as leather well of squash, right? or did you have an animal kill to get that? It's from
3: a cow. And I did try to figure out how they get cow leather. Like, do they use the cows from the slaughterhouse? Surely they're not slaughtering cows just for for their leather. No, they are not. So that is my vice, my animal vice. I'd much rather just give up eating all meat
1: for the rest of my
0: life than give up a little leather.
1: That's just a small piece of cow. It's very small.
0: It's gorgeous. Well, if the cow would miss it, because it's big enough for the cow to miss. Anyway, (laughs)
3: number two. For 16 months, I have transferred a task in my journal to do, because I didn't do it the last month. So for 16 months, I've been writing, print my pictures. Didn't do it that month, so it gets transferred to the next month. Print the pictures. I finally got 16 months worth of pictures printed, which was well over 300 pictures. And when you get your pictures back from Walgreens, no matter what order you order them in, they come back mixed up. (sighs) So I had to get out my computer and go back through 16 months on my Google photos to figure out how to get them into the right months. I got them all into photo albums and captioned. It took two complete photo albums and that task is done. And it has, it, it is so rewarding to have that done. I've kept up with my photographs since I was about 14 and there is absolutely no break. So I do about four photo albums a year. I am so jealous. Wow. Well, let
0: me say this as an ex antique uh, dealer, a deal, uh, estate sale dealer, um, they don't take the pictures either. You
3: can throw <laughs> no, them away, but right now I look at them frequently and my kids look at them frequently. And my husband even and looks at them. And that would be one and thing. I use them a lot for my writing. I go back and I See go something. to a time oh, yeah. period in my life and when you're putting them together, everything is in the moment. And it's really fun to go back and look at things after the moment. I don't just put pretty pictures in there. I put pictures of newspaper headlines or I put pictures of... You know that when we all used to put teddy bears on the streets when COVID was new. Yes, you know we and did yes mm-hmm, especially did. in this neighborhood i didn't
2: get the email i didn't get the well, memo it was out there it was not in my neighborhood either but i remember coming by <laughs> yeah. thinking oh, somebody's lost their teddy bear
3: <laughs> Somebody missed yes, lost the teddy, teddy, bear
1: teddy bear parade <laughs> yeah
2: but it, it's really
3: fun to watch life in a, as a series of pictures and picture book if you're me and you're neurotically obsessed with chronicling everything now what is three number three I bought myself a reading lamp and it's really lightweight and I can just put it right there on the couch and aim it right at my book with no shadows. And I can write in my new leather notebook with no shadows on my hand. That's number three. Actually,
2: That is wonderful. Yay. A new
3: journal, 16 months of photos and a new
0: reading lamp. There you go. Stamp I of you're, excellence. I if you're that's give
2: yourself the week that, that was mystic.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's even better. If you're going to give yourself a stamp of excellence, I, should, I think it should be for the little green learning room.
3: <laughs> that's my education business.
0: I teach on out school. If little y'all green have, learning. If you're out there with a child, how, what, what age is this, Mary, that you teach to? I teach mostly
3: 8 to 12-year-olds.
0: If but, you have uh, an 8 to 12-year-old and you haven't gone to little green learning is that right, Little Green Learning School? Yeah.
3: Well, it's not a school. It's just Little Green Learning.
0: Yes. Uh, you're making a big mistake. You can so find you're it You're my on stamp Facebook. of excellence, and Thank I'm you. not even marked down there. I really <laughs> enjoy
3: my teaching on Out School.
2: Margie okay, and now is, we're to join. Margie is vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> my stamp of excellence. Is a new series that Jimmy and I have been watching. And Jimmy watches a lot of series, but there are guy series where they, you know, shoot em up, bang, bang, somebody gets killed every three minutes. Um, but this is not that. So I think he got it just for me. And it's called Succession. And it is about a company, multimedia company, and the dad gets very ill and they think he's going to die. And the four siblings start vying. To see who's going to take over the company, and it's really, it's really interesting. At sometimes you think it's it's just Netflix. It's no, it is not. It's HBO. It's HBO. Oh, I got HBO. But it's um, it's it's, it's darkly humorous sometimes, (laughs) and sometimes it's just you know you going (gasps) you know to see what's going to happen next.
0: I've been watching Unbelievable. We watched the first one and hated it. And then so many people recommended it to us that we started watching it again. Have y'all seen it?
2: No. no. One, I was going to say one, and let me just finish up with one of the characters, Roman Roy. Roy is the name, last name of the family, is Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. Oh it's my goodness. Karen Culkin.
1: I just heard him interviewed on Terry Gross. Yes, I heard air. him. I, and yeah.
2: yeah. Was he Home Alone?
3: No, he was, brother. The
2: brother. He, was, he was in Home Alone. He had a bit part mccarley culkin was the 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 star the, the star and he said that he never realized that his brother was the star
1: <laughs> oh how funny yeah i've never seen that movie by the way it's I, funny it is ben, ben song has seen every home alone uh, a million times he can re- re- recite the lines I, I think it's every child's dream is yeah, to be true. left home alone and defend the homeland no, i don't <laughs> think
0: that was river's dream uh, I bet you it was. Because when y'all left
1: pointing pointing him, he was... Adventure. I think he
0: wanted to be <laughs> the bear in Jungle Book.
3: Oh, me <laughs> too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, we are to the mystic sea, and the only person that's traveled, although we're going to have another mystic taking off for Austria soon, soon, soon. soon to see her twin grandbabies, who happen to be very cute. Thank you. Did um, you? In the meantime, Mary's going to tell us what her mystic travel is.
3: My mystic travel was to Union Springs, Alabama. Oh, I love Union Springs. I've been, there. I've
2: been to Springs. the penitentiary yeah. there. Go
3: ahead. That's oh. where I got my COVID shot. <laughs> I know, right at the hospital. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And my father used to um, take his bird dogs to the field trials there. Yes. Oh, yeah.
3: It's the field trial
0: capital, capital of, of the, world. the world. They have and a mystic statue. And Katie's been writing about it. About the field trials or about Union Springs? The field trials.
3: Well, we went because they have a veterinarian there called Walking on the Moon. And we have three dogs. you calling Mr. Moon? Well, the veterinarian practice is called Walking on the Moon. (laughs) And they're... Okay, y'all. Anybody with dogs out there? We had to have our dog's teeth cleaned. It's $120 a dog, which is nothing compared to what it usually costs. So we got all three dogs teeth cleaned for $360, which is about what it costs to get one dog's teeth cleaned typically. So we made the trip down there and back and then down there and back in the same day. And then Joe left his phone. So he had to go down there and back again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Does Taffy have clean teeth? She does. She actually has had her teeth cleaned. She also lost a few. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, so Taffy, I don't know how old Taffy is, but she's she had a rough life at first. Yeah, you know. So uh-huh. I mean, you know, she's a rescue. Yeah. And
0: so has Quipper had his teeth cleaned. I clean Quipper's teeth.
1: It's more of a little dog
3: problem than a big mm-hmm. dog problem. Yeah. And it can lead to pretty serious problems. Yeah, Taffy's but little, but her, she has had her teeth done.
2: Quipper is fourteen going on, fifteen, and she has all her teeth. I never cleaned a big
3: dog's teeth growing she, up. But With she wouldn't bite. Petey had like he would be
2: probably dead if we didn't have his teeth clean, he's going to have do ten teeth, teeth removed. Joanne do I do what now could you do our teeth I could I have the little um finger thing that I can oh do you like peanut butter or do you like beef flavored <laughs> uh,
3: so anyway back to Union Springs if you haven't been to Union Springs then you should go from Auburn just so that you can drive through Tuskegee and then down no man's land where you cross things like Dry Creek and Persimmon Creek and Town Creek and faded Trump flags that are shredded and blowing in the wind at Abandoned trailer parks, and then you get to Union Springs and you're greeted by just these absolutely gorgeous antebellum homes that are falling apart. And they
0: have a wonderful bakery there. Did you know it?
3: No, we went just straight to the vet and back because both of us had things to do. But Union Springs has, and I want us all to go. This has got to be the next Mystic Road trip. They've got a haunted hotel, the Josephine, downtown. Oh my God. And now the bottom floor is full of like craft shops, which there may be some good stuff there, but, um, I think you can actually get a tour up into the hotel. So, of course, I started looking at YouTubes and stuff about the Haunted Josephine Hotel. Scared myself. Silly. Could not even finish (laughs) watching them. Because these ghost hunters from, like, these national ghost hunters have gone and, you know, like, tried to spend the night in the Josephine Hotel, and it's so creepy crawly. So, I want to do a Mystic Road trip where we go look around some of the homes in Tuskegee, which are absolutely beautiful and also haunted the ones that are abandoned. And then go down to Union Springs and do a tour of the homes in the ghostly
0: haunted hotel. I'll Can we do Bert. that? Yeah. Sure please? I think it's wonderful. Sure. And, and uh, you know, right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of Union Springs is a pointer, a dog pointer. I've seen that. And they and there's murals of these dogs and the mural is, you know, some of these most back then in the fifties the pointers were usually black and white. Now there's kind of a red version. Yeah, and, right. But Liver colored. our, our, our um, pointers were always named Ranger. I, if we had five dogs, it was Ranger 1, Ranger 2, Ranger 3, <laughs> Ranger 4, and Ranger 5. And honestly, I, for years, thought all dogs were named Ranger. Oh. And then my next-door neighbor got a poodle and named it Rufus or something, and I said, you're not going to name that dog Ranger? <laughs> Ranger 20. <laughs>
1: I forgot to say that I actually went to Yellow Springs, Ohio. I'm sorry
0: you're not listed for <laughs> Yellow Springs, Ohio. <laughs> I I forgot when I talked about that. I thought I'd already uh, talked but you about you it. could tell us
3: like the most exciting thing you did. How about that? Would that be okay? Uh play, we played
1: uh, Zelda with oh. with song. It and, is Zelda. Uh, it's it's a, a video game. game. The legend yeah. of, Zelda. A, the, oh, of Zelda. And it's it's he got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas.
0: You know I've but, never played a video game ever.
1: We also hiked in the Glen, uh, Glen Helen, which is a beautiful nature preserve, and the beavers have come, and they have oh. rearranged the entire nature preserve with the lake. Yeah, they're so, and, per- oh, they're so interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, they're very interesting. So anyway, we didn't get to see the beavers, because we learned they're nocturnal, and we were there in the day, but that was fun. We had a great, great time. Sorry, I've. I guess it's signing on those lines.
0: <laughs> it, seems, it seems so permanent, right? I know. Put your
1: name there and it's permanent. Okay, sorry, Mary, to interrupt. I just want to put Gail, it put in another sprigs.
2: has never played a video game, and you call yourself a Renaissance woman.
3: <laughs> never played I think them. I've played very many video games. I have
2: played them with my boys.
3: We didn't have them growing up. We had to rent we them. We did not know. We did not no, know. No, I mean when my children were growing up. My kids didn't. Well, of have course, them. when I
0: was growing up, we had a hundred watt bulb in a tree, and we played badminton, badminton until it was time to come in. I mean, that yeah. was that was techie for us. There was
3: no such thing then. But I mean, my own my children never had video games. But we didn't have television in our house either, so
0: we were quite you know i don't unusual. think about rivers video games
3: Mm-mm. still in all i have applied to teach with a company owned by elon musk that is about video games i'll keep y'all posted okay the oh, pay so is outrageously high
0: oh good Ooh, yes. we're so glad we know
3: you and my interview will not be a traditional interview it will be a video game so y'all wish me luck because i've never played
0: one <laughs> I'll send Jake over. He can be your um consultant. I think they'll like her just because she'll be different for stand out from all the others. That's actually right. actually That's what we're going for.
2: Jake is, you know, my computer geek and he is writing his own video game. But Jake,
0: he's cute and smart.
3: You might need a little tutoring, Mary. <laughs> no, there's. I'm not allowed to have any tutoring. Uh, well, point. here
0: we are way into this um <laughs> Yeah, podcast, 43 minutes. And we haven't started our topic today. I am at this point going to s- start the topic. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was going to go by
3: really fast. Which and is I, four. I
0: wanted to make an explanation of why we're talking about this. And that is I've had an acquaintance that moved here with her husband from New York. And I asked her, why did she leave Exciting New York to come live in Auburn, Alabama? She's a very conservative person, and so I I wasn't prepared for this, but I guess I should have been. But she said, well, Auburn wasn't the first place she looked at, that they had explored Austin, Texas, and rejected it because of those people. Hmm. I was puzzled and she continued with saying, also, we rejected Asheville, South Carolina because there's way too many hippies.
1: North. <laughs> North Carolina.
0: And at that point, I really, it was like being in church. I got the giggles because I was afraid that I was one of those, those people. <laughs> and honestly, I wasn't even insulted because it was kind of funny, but I started thinking about it. And if you guys could see...
2: If you listen, I could see Gail. Her hair is down to her bottom.
0: <laughs> she has
1: a headband. She's wearing native ba- beads. My bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Clothes, cigarettes. And I, did n- I just want to say I did not bear my breast at Woodstock because I have morals. Did you go? No. Well.
2: <laughs> There's that too. That's why. I was going to say, I didn't bear my breast with stocky men. I didn't either.
1: <laughs> so you know barred. why I didn't
0: go? I went to the Atlanta Pop Festival, which was right before that. Mm-hmm. Your husband was there. I know, but I was in Europe. Yeah. With, uh-huh. rare breasts. <laughs> with bare breasts. And it was way wilder than Gail Langley is... is um, able to write about so (laughs) so and then everybody packed up the buses and headed to New York and I said no I'm going back to Auburn where I belong so I missed it and I'm not sorry but anyway back to being one of those people I started thinking about this and I thought you know all of our wonderful music and our wonderful art and our discoveries usually come from those Those people." people I looked up Hippie just to see what other names they might have and, and the Google gave me Bohemian, mm-hmm. Free Spirit, Nonconformist, Demonstrator, Dropout, Flower Child, Iconoclast, Rebels, and Beatnik. Okay, why didn't you use one of those for our introduction, Mary? <laughs> Seriously you just <laughs> described mystics. <laughs> so I asked my Mystic Sisters to while they before they came which hopefully they did this to think of two people that live come from the fringe and have made good and so if you'll tell me one of yours and then if we don't run totally out of time we'll go and do our second one okay. and i'm starting with joanne
2: oh my person on the fringe is my was one of my husband's very best friends his name was charles Delone carrington Everybody called him Stick because he ran track, and when he ran, he looked like a stick running. He was that skinny. <laughs> and he
0: was a Carrington. <laughs> and he
2: was a Carrington. <laughs> Charles was a um, he was a little person, and when I say that, he and I used to stand on tiptoes to see who would be the taller person, and he was a man. He was probably about 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five. but he was a tunnel rat at Vietnam. He was the one who laid uh, telephone lines and went into the tunnels to see if he could... I guess get those people out those people those people those people and so when he came back and like many people who had been in Vietnam He was a little screwed up. He was well not so much screwed up as he was he, he was going down a different path One of his brothers was a police officer. Another one was a mill worker, you know when we had mills here And so he was the outsider and when he came back his parents kicked him out and he went to live with Jimmy and his parents so he and
0: Jimmy is the husband, right?
2: What, Jimmy is the husband. And You're a he husband. but he was very artistic and the other mystics will know the name Barbara Keel. And once upon a time, long time ago in Opelika for Halloween to keep those um, those people from vandalizing the windows downtown, they would allow the children to come and paint the windows downtown and stick and Barbara Keel always would win the painting the window contest. It was like everybody else would just slap some paint up there because when I got going to win. Barbara's going to win or Charles is going to win. But he went from there to being a... He made teeth, false teeth, and then got the idea from those instruments to start making jewelry. And because he was on the fringe and because he was not necessarily always within the law, he would call me occasionally to come and help him. Why would he do this again, Joanne? Because he would be on the fringe and maybe doing a, something against the law. An he needed an attorney. Don't
3: we call it run afoul of the law? He would run afoul, run afoul. of the law.
2: But, um, but even before then, he made me a ring. I've got two of them on today. One was made, one of his first rings was like um, oh, a, those silver, are beautiful. a silver honeycomb with an emerald, uh, not an emerald, a piece of, um, what's that other green stuff? Peridot. Peridot. No, it's not peridot. Um, It's jade. A piece of jade Jade. in it. And then he made my wedding pendant from Jimmy, which was a slice of uh, ivory with a turquoise and then just drippings, if you can imagine, of gold tying the turquoise to the piece of of ivory
0: and it, then i think that's illegal yeah i was going to say that's a foul of in, the law
2: back in 1977 yeah 76 it was not well he i don't know how he gotten it but it was a maybe it was piece. from somebody's teeth it may have been maybe it was hippopotamus teeth it, it could have been there may be a liver then um he did go of the law while he was um in an art colony in arkansas And from that, I got this lovely gold and carnelian ring with two diamonds. Gosh, that's gorgeous.
3: And Mm -hmm. I
2: love the story about this because what he was doing is, being a Southern boy, he was a farmer. And when he would finish farming... Um, hemp, they would call it nowadays. <laughs> CBD. It'd be legal nowadays. It would be. It would be. People from California, doctors from California, would fly their airplanes in and get the harvest and then fly out.
0: That's illegal.
2: Well, that's doctors in in California at the time. So one day, though, he got busted. But it was after the harvest had been gotten, and the police go into his house with cameras and a search warrant. And they go downstairs and the search warrant, you can hear them. They're recording this and you hear the police officer yelling from the basement, come on down here. I've got it. I've got it. And you see the guy with the camera running down and then you go, I've got grow lights. I've got pots. I've got. I've got tomatoes. <laughs> he, had, he was a farmer boy, and he made tomatoes after the crop. But then, uh, like I said, a, a while later, he got into some more trouble and made this beautiful, and I wish you could see it. It's a huge purple stone, and I'm not sure of what it is. semi-precious, it may be. But he carved a woman's profile Place. into it.
0: Nice. Wow. Did he actually rise up and not... Go afoul of the law and make something of himself, or just make pretty jewelry.
2: He made beautiful jewelry. and probably, I mean, he won an award. He won um, in his category at the museum uh, mu- the Museum of Art in Montgomery. And it was a a spirit i f- I saw from a chrysalis, and it was gold. And an ivory fairy coming out of a chrysalis. Wow! Yeah. I have two of
1: his stick pins. Yes. How oh, you do? They're little skulls with jewels. Where do we? In their where eyes. do we
0: contact this guy? Does he have a jewelry magazine? Unfortunately.
2: Yeah, he's gone on to his great reward. Oh
0: dear. Yeah. Well, but he is, like I said, he was he's left remarkable. But he's left back a, uh, left back on Earth a body of work worth. He mentioning. did absolutely yes. All he, right. Some beautiful things.
2: Margie.
1: Okay. Helen Mills was one of the biggest characters I ever knew in high school. She had a car, an opal that she called Opel and it was covered in stickers all the way around. And she would say, Margie, get up on, she was known as the captain. Um, and she had her mates, and I was the first mate. And she said, first mate, get on top of my car. And I would get on top of her car and then she'd take off. And you would be holding on to this flimsy luggage no. rack, and she would be driving all over Atlanta, and say, "Helen, let me down, let me down, I'm going to fall out." And she would scorch you with the windshield wipers. Oh my I mean, God! The, you know, and then she would just wait a
0: minute. We're trying to talk about people on the fringe that well, become.
1: This is on the. Fringe. Well, she was on the fringe. Well, I, she, believe me, she was fringy. Her whole family was fringy. Her mother, before bubble wrap had a name. Would order things from Neiman Marcus. Now, she didn't come from poverty, but uh, her mother named, so she could pop the bubble wrap. And her mother named bubble wrap Jocelyn. Nice. And she would be up in her bedroom and go, I got in some more Jocelyn. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> I'm gonna call it Joslyn. Okay, at so the, Helen's... At
0: this point, I want to apologize to our audience because <laughs> I thought this was going to be highbrow, but well, obviously,
2: well, <laughs> but these they're people come, they're on the fringe—they're fringe not highbrow.
0: Yes, yes, they are. Mine okay.
2: are
1: certainly highbrow. Well, let brow. me f- al- elaborate a little bit more on Helen's family, and I'll make it quick. She had brothers and sisters. The brother was named Jim, who they called Germ, and the sister they always called Teen. Even though she wasn't a teenager. Anyway, Helen went on to various careers. And now she is uh, living in Savannah. And during COVID, she bought a Mercedes Benz van, which she named Van Gogh. And she and her partner traveled all over the country to all the parks and everything in Van Gogh. Does the and partner so, ride on top of the car? Know, or the does partner she let him, she her finally, ride in the she, car? She lets her ride <laughs> shotgun. Captain. And, and I'm sure she's the first mate now. <laughs> 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 but Helen does did introduce me to Nellie Mayrow, who I'll get to in the second
0: round. Well, I'm going to raise this discussion a little bit. <laughs> and I chose a person named Paul Rudolph. Did you know him? No, but my mother did. Aww. And Paul Rudolph went to API, which is now Auburn University. And he. Uh, this was in the late 30s, and he graduated in 1940. And he took art classes with my mother. And my mother, the reason I picked him, called her, him the original beatnik. So I think she might have been jealous. When he graduated from Auburn from his beatnik-ness, He went to Harvard and got another degree, and at some point in 1954, he came back to Auburn, and he built the cantilever Shaw Appleby House on Schwachla Drive, and it won many awards, one of which was the Architectural Record the one of the most eight adventurous homes and with new ideas in 1956. The other thing he did was he was head of the art department at Yale and built their art and architecture building, which is now called the Paul Rudolph Building. He also built the Tuskegee Chapel. He also built the uh, Tuskegee Chapel and became very distinguished. So here's one beatnik that was not growing hemp. <laughs> or driving people on the top of their cars.
1: And his son, or maybe grandson, was in art with us at Auburn, whose name was Nate Rudolph, Nathaniel Rudolph. Yeah.
0: Although I don't know what happened to him. He's a very, very famous architect.
3: Okay, well, I think pretty much everybody who's ever made any contributions to our society was one of those people. And all of my friends are those people, but I slightly misunderstood the assignment. And so I don't think you're alone in that. And so my very good friend (laughs) that that I'm going to chat about just for a few minutes is um, Brian Wilson of the
0: Beach Boys. (laughs) No, I think you're right. I think you're right. So
3: yeah, well, I've, 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 I've seen him twice Live And it was an otherworldly experience. I mean, I've seen him in in the last, I don't know, six years. I do want to say, if you have seen a concert of the Beach Boys, you were not seeing Brian Wilson because he does not own that word. His cousin, Mike Love does, and there's been a falling out. So if you want to see the original Beach Boys, you have to see Brian Wilson. Okay. So you guys probably know that he's got schizoaffective disorder and he literally hears voices and has oral hallucinations. And it has caused him a tremendous amount of pain. And there, there's a biopic made of him called Love and Mercy, which has got actors playing his life, which is lovely. But there's another recent documentary called Long Promised Road where the documentarian just rides around with him. And it's re- relatively recent. And it will just bring you to your knees. And one of the things that he talks about, that Brian Wilson talks about, is how everything scares him well he doesn't say everything scares me it's just he's scared all the time and I thought that was so interesting so one of the things just about my favorite moment in the movie um the documentarian saying that the first time he interviewed him Brian Wilson just got up and left the room and he went to find him and when he found him he's like what's up man he goes I I just got scared I got scared and then I can't remember the name of the guy who made the documentary. So that's really bad. But he said, um, you know, you don't have to be scared of me, man. He goes, no, no, no. I I just get scared sometimes. He says, you know, that song, what a fool believes. Oh no. Wait a minute. Did I get the song right? Yeah. You know, that song, what a fool believes. He said, it scares the shit out of me. (laughs) And I started thinking about it and it was like, yeah, I could see how that could be kind of scary. And the other thing that I read about his fear, I didn't, I don't remember seeing this in the movie was that he wrote good vibrations, which everybody knows knows, because he had lived with this lifelong fear of the idea of vibrations. He heard from his mother that there were these invisible things called vibrations and animals could just sense them and they could feel your vibrations and that humans gave off vibrations. And of course, she was just talking like any mother would do. She wasn't trying to scare him, but he just grew up with this intense fear of vibrations. And so that song, he does the thing when you're really nervous. People call it grounding now, where you name your senses. Like, I am I feel the table. I see the Joanne. You know, I, I smell cinnamon. So in that song, if you listen to it, he's writing of these concrete things, colorful clothes, sunlight, the sound of the the sound of the gentle word, the wind lifts the perfume. And then he goes in from that real concrete stuff. He goes into the chorus Good. of the song, Good. which, Good. you know, everybody Good. wants to sing. It has the electric theremin
0: in there, real yeah. creepy sound in. And so he, I love a theremin. We have a theremin in the beginning of our intro, yeah, don't we? We do. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Mary, this is odd because when I was, thinking about this right after she had said those people in Austin. Well, most of those people in Austin are music people. And I was thinking about that documentary about uh, the the people in the canyon. Do y'all remember the name of the documentary? Well,
3: there was one called Laurel Canyon that was my favorite. And there was one called Echo in the Canyon, which was not quite as
0: good. Every one of those Those people. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) They were brilliant. Right. Right. Well, Brian Wilson has really suffered. I mean,
3: I don't know if y'all know the story that he was under the care of a quack psychiatrist who cut him off from his family for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And it was the woman that he's still married to now that saw what was going on. And they were not married at the time. She was a car salesman, and she just saw what was going on. And she was able to wrest him away from this man. And he had him... Just about bound and gagged, cut off from everybody, and he's Brian Wilson because he's got a schizoaffective disorder. Is one of the people that should not be doing hallucinogens, and he did, and he talks a lot about how that messed with his brain. Oh my god! But he yes. still has, he's still completely affected by these sounds and people talking to him, and oral hallucinations. And so that of course is how we get the most beautiful music in the world. These incredible
2: harmonies. Wow. You know that reminds me of the movie A Beautiful Mind. Oh yeah.
0: I yeah. See, that's a perfect example of you yes. know, those people who contribute. It doesn't have to be in the arts. It can be right. in anything. In, in well we're Temple we Brandon. Our- <laughs> My second person I chose that lived on the fringe is Tom Hayden. Some of you are too young to have celebrated Tom Hayden's life, but he was one of the people charged in the Chicago 7 trial. And I always thought he was an attorney, but he, is, he wasn't. He's not an attorney. He does have degrees, but he's a politician. And he spent time in jail as a freedom rider, and he was worked with Martin Luther King, and he was married to Jane Fonda for 17 years. Now, that is those people. And their child... Uh, doesn 't have their last name because they didn 't want him bearing the brunt of what they bared, and he held office in California and did many wonderful things for social justice but the one i 'm going to read to you I'm do, i wanted Marion to be here because I thought you would you y'all would appreciate this more than all the political <laughs> raha and that is, he's known widely in California as a staunch endorser of animal rights. He was responsible for writing the bill popularly known, popularly known as the Hayden Act, which improved protection of pets and extending holding periods for pets confined as strays or surrendered to shelters. Nice, I very thought you'd nice. Like that. Very the last nice. thing I'd like to say is he was one of the pallbearers in RFK's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everybody my next stamp of excellence is for netflix the trial of the chicago seven is seen excellent. it it's good it's fabulous and it stars eddie redmayne did i say that yes. right yes tom hayden is portrayed by him.
1: Okay, well, Helen Mills introduced me to Nellie Mae Rowe, who, if you don't know who Nellie Mae Rowe is, look her up. She's a very, very famous folk artist now. But when we knew her back in the early 60s, Nellie May lived in a little cabin in Vining's, Georgia, which she called Nellie's Playhouse, mm-hmm. and it was surrounded by trees that she did topiary in, and then she would take, it was very surreal, she would get, you know, those lemon things you get with, Fake lemon in them. Mm-hmm. She would hang those from her trees and then she would get little like fingers that she found from displays and stuff and then stick them into the lemons. <laughs> and uh, it, all over her yard she would decorate. And when you went into her house, it was totally papered in newspaper, but it was all dedicated to like. John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King, and it would be headlines. And then she made under her bed, she kept a can of her favorite sculpture material, which was chewing gum. Oh, Lord. And she said, and she made these chewing gum heads that were all over her yard. Plus, she made these little
0: dolls. How much gum do you have to chew to make it? A (laughs)
1: lot. She had a whole can of it. And she said, it's indestructible. You cannot, you, nothing, you know, I've tried clay, it breaks, it's chewing gum. That's for her. People brought her paints to work with. And she started painting these delightful paintings. And she's in, they've just had a show at the High Museum of all of her work. Is she still living? No, she's dead. But where she lived in Bindings, Georgia, which was country back in the 60s, is now High Rises. Linda Armstrong, who I went to high school with too, made a really good film about her called Nellie's Playhouse. And you might be able to get it on something. um, YouTube, maybe. Maybe so. Um, I don't think Linda gives, gets enough credit for the, how she documented Nellie Mae. Other people have documented her since. But look her up online, Nellie Mae Rowe, and see her just beautiful paintings.
0: Excellent. You are under two minutes. Yeah, Miss
3: Mary. Oh, well, I thought I would take them just, this would probably be even less than two minutes. I just looked up some interesting stuff about creativity, and there's kind of a... Um, some research showing that there's a pretty clear uh, formula for it. And, um, it goes along with having a schizotypal personality with a high IQ can lead to really super productive creativity. And the schizotypal personality includes, gosh, I wish Marion were here, magical thinking, (laughs) unusual perception of your own experiences, like Charles Dickens chasing imaginary urchins around, (laughs) Social social anxiety, want to stay alone, stay at home alone all the time <laughs> and mild paranoia. We're all looking at the chair where Marion usually Marian, sits. We oh, miss yeah. you. Bless so most of us walk around with these strong inhibitions. Our healthy normal brains do this and you're not perceiving all of the things going on around you. And people with the schizotypal personalities have a lowered latent inhibition index. And more sensory stuff is flooding into their brains all the time. This is what happens when you take psychedelic drugs. It's not that you... How do you know that? Because I've read extensive research about it. I'm very (laughs) interested in how your brain works. It's one of my favorite subjects. And so when people take psychedelic drugs, it's not that you are suddenly aware, like you are hallucinating things that aren't there. It's more like you're allowing things that are truly there into your brain and so that's why psychedelics and people with these schizotypal personalities don't do well together because you're already kind of walking around in that world so a lot of people fall apart under that kind of pressure of that personality but if it's combined with a super high iq along with like strong executive function then you can end up with a
0: really powerful creative type Okay, we are to the mystic moments.
2: I will tell you. Last two nights ago, my brother Peter called right about dusk, and Peter, my brother Peter, lives about five hundred feet through the woods from me, and said, "You need to come see this because right on the other side of my lake, I think there are about twenty hawks roosted." And Jimmy and I were like, "We've never seen hawks gather like mm. that." So we started walking through the woods and before we got to Peter's Lake, just about from, oh, maybe 20 feet, we looked up in the trees and the trees were full of birds. And we had flashlights because by now it was dark. And I raised my flashlight up and about 100, no exaggeration, 120 vultures, buzzard or um, turkey vultures took off. It was the most <laughs> phenomenal thing yeah. I have ever seen. It was absolutely like the ground was shaking. They will come back.
3: People that they have, once they pick a place to roost, they will keep coming back. And to me, I mean, I'd have them roosting in my house all day long, but the poop gets to exactly. be a bit much. Nasty, nasty. But the animals themselves are just miraculous. Well, I love them. I no, think I told
0: y'all the them. story of the the vultures that were a- roosting on the trash Huge trash bins in the early morning. Yes. And I was going to swim at my uh, business partner's pool out in Tuskegee, and it was like 6. You know, I'm up and the vultures are up. So I get out of the car with my telephone and start taking pictures. I had this sense that somebody was looking at me. And I turn around, and it wasn't just one somebody. There were several cars parked on the side of the road wondering why this fat lady in a <laughs> bathing suit <laughs> is <laughs> taking a picture. It's running around it. 6 Love the, the image. All right. Who's, who else has a mystic moment?
3: I have a mystic moment. There's a creature that comes in and out of my house. I think it's a capybara. Or, no, wait. What are those creepy animals in Mexico called that nobody's actually ever seen? It's one of those.
2: Oh, um, the, oh so
3: the, bird? Cabra, the
2: cabra, cabra, luka. cabra, cabra, yeah. okay, so, I don't
3: know. It's that scary Cucaraca. thing. Cucaraca. What no. does it look like? We don't know. We haven't seen it, but here's what it does. The boogeyman. There's a Mexican it, boogeyman. It gnaws to shreds my unscented. Pillar candles. I will put a picture up for you guys. I put a picture put it, put today it up with
0: our podcast. I
3: will. I put a picture up today on Alabama Naturalist Group ABC something something, uh, and people are laughing because it is quite extreme. Now that it they, it has gone through four unscented pillar candles and it leaves a wake that looks like snow, shredded to bits of this candle. I think you
0: need to put out rat traps.
3: We have. I've put out several Havaharts. That's I put, not a rat. I put, one of them, I put a candle in the Havahart trap, but the candle was too big to put on the, the platform where you put the bait or behind it. So I put the candle in the Havahart, and then I put a lot of food on the, the platform, thinking it would go in the Havahart, be attracted to the candle, then get the food. That sucker came in there and got the candle and left Never made it back there to the trip. <laughs> so I'm going to catch this thing, whatever it is. I, I put out multiple wrap. sizes sure of Havahar you,
2: traps. Are you sure you want to
0: catch it? I don't know. It. I
3: think it might be a supernatural demon. So I'll let y'all know. I'll keep you posted.
0: Okay. Mary's magic moment. Do you have um, a, um, a magic, moment for A magic magicistic moment.
1: N- not really, except the other night I went out and looked at the moon, and it was fantastic. It was a, 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 a waxing crescent.
0: Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Very I was nice. with you.
1: Oh, yes, we were together. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, look, waxing crescent. How sweet. <laughs> oh, well, wait, did my, y'all...
0: Oh. My mystic moment just happened about 10 minutes ago while we were talking. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the FedEx truck move up and a person walk and put a package down. And so I turned all the way around and there was nothing there. I did Do- I saw the same Do- the FedEx. Okay. Well, I'm not through here. So there's absolutely nothing there. And all of a sudden, a FedEx truck pulls up. The person gets out and leaves a package. So I saw it before it happened. Yeah, oh.
3: definitely. It's been a wrinkle in time. A Tesseract, y'all, it's real. That was my best moment. Right. It
0: just happened. Oh. That's,
3: that's very interesting, Gail. That well, means you know that I you're told your you so be- type of
0: personality. I, know I told y'all this before that I will see an obituary in the paper and say, that person died last month. Uh-oh. Yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah. You also well, ordered a book
3: you. one time on Amazon, and before you had even pressed send here now, it showed up on your dre- on your doorstep. <laughs> no, no,
0: I, I, <laughs> I that was not any say uh, not any uh, mystic experience. It was stupidly that I had ordered two. Well, we will call it that. We'll call it. I a actually started experience. rereading books that I didn't know I'd read too. So. That's not a mystic experience. That's called old age. age. And with that, even though we're of an age, we should be the flame. And not Not the the moth. moth.